Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the NHL Podcast. I'm Rahil alongside my co-host, Safir. Safir, it's been way too long, man. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well, man. I'm so excited to be back here with you on our NHL podcast. Man, there has been so much that's been going on over the past month or so. So, you know, really excited to be back. And uh, but yeah, things have been going great. You know, I've been super involved with, with some of these world championship tournaments, uh, in addition to other stuff. And I know you've been involved with uh, LG. So really excited to talk about a lot of things today. Yeah, I know. We've been busy, man. I mean, I think since our last episode, I went to New York for the uh, the Phase Sports Night with the Islanders, which was awesome, by the way. Shout out. Got the hat on and everything, too. Um, and then, obviously, we had, like, the holiday season and everything. Then I got COVID. Oh, <laughs> no. Like, a week ago. And, like, I was literally just like, oh, man, like, this is so, like, I didn't get it in 2020. I didn't get it in 2021. I didn't get it in 2022. I had to get it in 2023. Like, I had to be one of those, like, weaklings. You know what I mean? It seems like it's one of those things that's just looming in the background. It's like inevitable at this point. <laughs> Honestly, it is. It is inevitable. And you know what? The one thing that's inevitable we're going to talk about, Sophia, is the All-Star Game event. I mean, dude, I, I, I'm i shocked at some of these results. Honestly, it was so fun to like just watch and keep a part of. But like, why don't you give us a rundown? Because you were actually involved with this. So tell us about the format and kind of how everything went down and all this kind of stuff. And then we'll get a little bit more into the uh, surprising, a little bit surprising results. Yeah, man. Yeah. So the NHL, they um, reformatted the entire tournament this year, right? So yeah. this year, there's just so many opportunities to qualify for the world championships, formerly known as the gaming world championships, as you know. And so the all-star open qualifiers is just one of those opportunities where if you qualify for your console, you get to pick the club that you want to represent in this year's world championships. And you essentially get to skip a bunch of rounds all the way to like spring. So it is a huge benefit. Um, so the way it worked is that every console, so old gen consoles, Xbox One and PS4 and new gen consoles, PS5 and Xbox Series uh, S and X ran qualifiers. There's 25 games and only the top 16 on each console actually qualified to the bracket stage. Rahel, do you know that is very tough because we talk about placing top 20 in hot champs and like going 18 and 2 and 19 and 1. Um, it, it's very hard. So um, these qualifiers, you know, all the top players, there's a lot of top players that also didn't make it, by the way. So yeah. All around, you know, it really brought out the competitive side of the players. And to your point, there were some surprises. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, I found, because you had these you had these 25 games to kind of get yourself qualified. And then everyone was bracketed. And <clears throat> excuse me, we all kind of, you know, everyone took a look at a bracket and everyone picked their favorites. Like, all right, you know, so-and-so is going to win out of here. So-and-so is going to win out of the PlayStation side. And as, as you kind of led into, like, the people who actually ended up qualifying, and for those of you who don't know, I believe the the qualifiers for each one get to go to the All-Star game coming up in February, yes. and then they'll be competing on a LAN, correct? That's that's correct, yep. Yeah. February so, 2nd, I believe. Yeah, so early February, which is exciting nonetheless. But, like, the way, like, I was looking at some of these brackets, and I'm just like, all right, 
this guy's going to win. This guy's going to win. And I think this is a great, exciting point into the season of NHL esports for this year is because if every tournament's going to have results like this, I cannot wait for NHL WC. Yeah, absolutely. And to put it into some perspective, our defending world, or excuse me, our defending North American champion, Regs, did not make it. Our runner up, Gren, also did not make it. Dude, that says a lot. The second I saw who beat Regs, and we're going to get into that a little bit here, guys, I was absolutely speechless. You know, what I find most interesting is that um, talking to some other top players, um, everybody believe that the brag or the qualifiers for Xbox Series S and X would be the biggest free for all, you know, yeah. because of how competitive it is. So while people said, yes, Polks is the favorite, a lot of people also said, you know, it's hard to tell who's going to win. But mm-hmm. it, it turns out that Pogs did win, and the other brackets ended up being a free-for-all. So um, I think this is a great opportunity to talk about these players who are starting to now make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think we should start with PS5. Now, just as a little refresher, last year, Aves placed top three on PS5, a tremendous accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um as you know, Regs ended up winning, uh, or sorry, Gren uh, ended up being the runner-up in the GWC, and Geimer also placed top four. The person who won this uh, bracket for the PS5 is a guy by the name of Prestara, who we have never heard of before. Yep. <laughs> and Wait, he took this, out all three of them. <laughs> this, the second, like, like I saw who won, I was just like, and I, with, with all due respect, I mean, I, this guy's apparently obviously really good, but like, I think the general community and those casuals who kind of keep in touch with esports stuff, they were like, who? Like, what? Like, what happened in that brackets appear? I don't even know, man. Talk us about it. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, and you know, some, sometimes when a player makes a name for themselves, they can't kind of come out of nowhere. It's their first year playing NHL, but apparently, Prestara has been playing hot for a little while now. Last year, he went by the name Sploits or something like that, and then this year in the bracket stage, he takes out Aves. I believe he took out uh, Mivian as well, as we know, Mivian is a he long did. time. Very accomplished player, yeah. And then he takes out Geimer in three, I believe. He takes out Gren. Now, there was some drama involved there because apparently he was playing on Wi-Fi. Uh, it's not against the rules. It's just your internet connection. Yeah. But, you know, that might that might uh, affect the, the connectivity there. Um, and then that wasn't the only surprising result on Xbox um, One. Yeah, Duncan Deli taking out Rex. What do we know about Dude, Duncan? Duncan, man, I, I believe last year he wasn't eligible to play correct because you know some, right. some stuff and everything so this year is he's eligible i mean you go up against regs and it's him and regs in the i believe was it the finals or was it a little before the finals no yeah no it, it was the finals it was the i finals, think it was yeah. a one goal game and everything yeah, yeah and it was it was super close and i think the thing that kind of surprised me most i mean obviously the reigning nhl 22 gwc champion loses to duncan uh duncan which is a surprise i, I want to say duncan donuts all the time i don't know why <laughs> i don't know if he runs into this but like i always see duncan donuts like yeah duncan donuts <laughs> But the one thing that surprised me, and I watched a good amount of these games actually, is Regs was always trying to like get it in the middle. And Duncan did a really, really good job of just stopping that from happening. And then from there, I mean, he just ran down the wings with like McDavid, Gardner, and all these other like speedster guys. And I mean, that was kind of the thing of the whole series is, is Duncan was able to contain Regs. And if you're able to contain Regs, like, you got a really good shot at beating him, and that's what happened here. I was surprised by it, Sophia. 
no, myself included. Yeah, to your point, Regs, his puck control is absolutely incredible. You know, he holds the puck on the outside so well. He just racks up the TOA. And like you said, in order to beat Regs, you have to cover the middle. You know, you have to be extremely patient because what he really wants you to do is to chase him, right? Once you chase him, or even if you're out of position ever so slightly, he's going to bury it. And he always finds his way. And, you know, there hasn't been really anybody except Gren who has you know, really stood up to Rags. Yeah. Uh, some of Pogs, of course, but Duncan really brought that extra level uh, out of himself. You know, he, I think Regs dominated the time on attack. I think he would like doubled him like 16 yeah. minutes to eight. And like you said, it was all just counter, counter game uh, for mm -hmm. Duncan. And, you know, he would take the lead, skills out, sit middle, let Regs kind of do his thing on the outside. He had yeah. some big saves going his way. But I mean, hey, that's hockey. Yeah, it, it was honestly a surprise because even uh, in December when I went down to the uh, Islanders uh, eSports night, they had Regs and Eki go against each other. And in the room, a lot of the conversation was like, Regs hasn't played much NHL 23. Is he going to be able to adapt to the new gameplay and the new game style? Because like, it is a drastic change from 22, the way players are playing. Like The, the big meta now is you just go behind the net with your big boys and just kind of work the fuck around and stuff like that. But... I, I remember watching that series against Eki and Regs was just able, and this is the thing that makes Regs so good. He's just able to find a way. And once he gets his game going, it's it, it's really hard to stop. I was able to um it's funny enough, we went out, we went out to a bar one night and I was I was with Regs and I was just sitting there picking his brain a little bit. And like the way he analyzes the game is like like I, I'm I'm breaking into the <laughs> offensive zone and I'm like, I see a guy on the right who's open, I'm gonna pass to him. Regs thinks like I'm going to pass to that guy, which is going to open up the guy in the middle, which I could pass yeah. here, which I could pass back to that guy. And it's in, and I'm like, dude, you're thinking like four moves <laughs> ahead. And for Duncan to beat someone like that, I think is a true testament to like, you know, he, Duncan's good. He knows what he's doing. And if he's able to contain someone defensively with all that time on attack, the other person's going to have. I mean, I know we're early into the season, Sophia, but like, bro, I don't know, man. Like Duncan may, Duncan may make some moves here. Dude, he is making big moves. Last year, he was considered one of the favorites on Next Gen, and then he wasn't uh, able to play. Um, and yeah, so with Duncan, he is such a passionate guy with so much personality. Oh, you know, like oh, when you we, we all know about that. Oh yeah, he's he is definitely. You know, he doesn't hold back. He's right there, and he's very yeah. competitive. And so I'm thinking from an entertainment perspective, I think this land is going to bring a lot of value, and so I'm really excited about that. And one more point about Regs. Um, you know, people saying that, oh, it's maybe he hasn't played the game enough, which honestly is probably true. Yeah. And from experience observing regs over the years, this guy reaches his absolute, he's already so good at the game, which is incredible, but he reaches his best in the spring months. And that's when GWC really picks up. So we're, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. Absolutely. Now, Rahil, on the PS4 side, you had a player, I believe he's from Quebec, his name is Bluin, and so I know Bluin for, or I, because I used to play on PlayStation, and he yeah. is one of those guys that was always so good and hot champs, but never really showed up at a tournament, so it's nice to see him qualify. What do you think it means to see somebody like that who's been involved for so many years, hasn't been able to get it done, to finally get it done? I, you know what? Like, like shout out to him, dude. The way the way he played was well and stuff. And I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, like you show up and you get stuff done. And like, I know he's had the history of like, you know, you're round, but you're not that like you, you can't make that push almost. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just need a couple bounces and stuff and it works out your way. And you're able to like show everyone like, hey, look, I'm actually pretty good. Like I personally didn't really 
you know, I, I knew I, I'd heard this name before, but I didn't really know about him. But he plays on Ducks. I think he plays or played on Ducks Gaming, I believe. Correct? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's he, right. He's very involved in Sixes. Yes. He was a finalist in the uh, IIHF tournament in 2020 as well for Canada. I mean, this this kid's good, man. Like, he has a bit of a resume and stuff, too. And I think on the PS4 side, what was interesting is the the rumors that were going on. About this. <laughs> Did you hear about these rumors, Sylvia? We might be thinking the same thing. Let's see. I think so. So there were there were rumors about um like like second tagging and someone playing for him <laughs> and these kind of things, and it, it it was just rumors that were totally not true because they were like, oh, it's this guy playing for him, and the like I'm not going to talk about names and stuff, yeah. but that guy was literally like, picture of me at the Rangers game right now, like it's not me, man. And oh, I think the funny. one thing for um is it blue and you say it? I think it's blue and his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the one I thing I would say so. to him is like. I would take that as a compliment. If, if, if you ever watch this podcast, man, like the fact that people think someone else is playing for you is a testament to how good you are and how much you shock people. Bro, use that as motivation, man. Like you're you're going to a land right now. Um, hopefully, I guess we should say, because he might not have his passport. Or <laughs> yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's man. it's impossible. Actually, um, there, there's actually a couple of qualifiers who are still trying to uh, finalize their documents. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, I think if there's one guy who might not be able to make it, it is Bluin, based mm-hmm. on my discussions with other people. And if Bluin doesn't make it, then uninstall is in. I mean, just as good, yeah. you know. So it, it, it is tough, though, because Bluin, you know, he, he worked really hard for this spot. And I, I hope he figures it out. But who knows, really? I, I absolutely hope so, too, man. Like, it's it's such an awesome story, especially when, so, like, people think you're someone else. And you're like, nah, it was me. I, I, I won that. I deserve that. The one thing I will say, anyone watching this podcast who is going to try and compete in the NHL 23 World Championship, get your goddamn passport renewed. <laughs> Please. If you're American, you just need your driver's license. It's what I think it's whatever. If you're Canadian, for the love of God, please get your passport done, man. I like that is the most painful thing. Just go pay for the expedite thing. Like, I, I don't care, whatever it is, man. You guys need to get to these events. Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience to be at the all-star game playing a land and you don't have your passport renewed. Like, come on, Safir. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, this is, yeah, you, everybody just has to get their documents ready because you never know, like you said, it is so rare to be in this position, so yeah, definitely. You, you know all about that with, with your passport in December, eh? Oh, yeah, actually, I'm still going through the process, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the perfect example, guys, you need to get your passports done on time. Right? Hopefully but... we get that resolved soon, but we'll see. Absolutely. But uh, I guess we'll just end off on Series X, Safir. I mean, I think this is the one bracket where, like, again, people said it was a free-for-all, but I think this is the one result that's not as big of a surprise. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Polk's making it. Um, What are your thoughts on how he handled the entire thing and uh, just going forward? Do you think he's, I mean, he's the only one of the four who's going to be playing with LAN experience. Do you think that makes a difference as well? It definitely will make a difference. Well, I, I think it makes a difference from a mental approach anyway. And mm-hmm. I feel like for a lot of players who play in their first land tournament, such as Prestero or Blue, and, um, you know, that could be a lot of pressure. But at the same time, it could be one of those things where they don't feel the pressure because Polgs is expected to win, right? So yeah. it really just depends. I think with Polgs' experience, he's going to be fine. Um, but uh, to talk about the bracket itself, you know, it's so interesting uh, Rahil, he had to beat out a couple of his Caps gaming teammates, which is really interesting. He had to, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he did play Bouge, um, yep. their centerman, and he did play Desi, 
their right defenseman, both one goal games, just four to three. Um, and then he went on to play Boyley, who actually I lost to in the semifinals in game three. So, um, and actually Polk's really dominated a series, which honestly surprised me a little bit because Boyley has been a breakout player for me this year. I honest, I'm not even joking with Hill. I think Boyley is a top five player this year. That kid is incredible. I think he's, you know, he has been playing so amazing. I don't know what happened against Polk's. He might've been just mentally drained or whatnot, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, just an interesting that bracket all around. Five, man. We're coming yeah. back with the podcast. It's a fierce drop in the fire. I, I love it. I'm going to actually pick your brain on something right now because you, yeah. you kind of talked about it with the top five thing. I'm going to ask you this. Is Reich still number one after this? Like, just, just as of right now, as of right now, is he still number one? That is such a great question. Let so me ponder like, that I hate for you for putting me on the spot. <laughs> I think if we're talking about like who is most prepared from a gameplay perspective i i have a feeling it's still pogs yeah. just because pogs has been playing the game the most um and it's that's just from a preparedness factor but if we're talking about overall with like mental strength and like strategy like gwc favorite right now or wc i guess because it's not gwc anymore Oh, if we're talking about like all around favorites and we're thinking ahead of, you know, who's going to end up doing this, I, I'm still picking regs just because, yeah, you know, so too. until you beat him, it's so hard to, to pick somebody else. But, yeah, I think the other thing with regs too, just to touch on that, is you mentioned like he gets better later in the season. Like yeah. as, as you know, esports, the esports scene starts to come in more and, you know, like in March where all these club championships are going to be like, that's yeah. where he's really going to start to heat up. And I think you can't like that's when you can say, okay, yeah, okay, no, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. And it's also interesting. Reg said that this is the hardest year to win the world championships, which actually yeah. makes a lot of sense, right? With with mm -hmm. how the like, competitive this year is. But uh I just wanted to touch up on Boyley a little bit more here, Rahel. Um, the guy finished 25 and 0 in the qualifiers. I mean, that that is very difficult. The That's only crazy. guy who went 25 and 0. And, you know, there's this thing in the in Hot Champs and in the community, people talking about how players or half the player base in Quebec, they're playing on like one or two MS. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great feeling, but this is peer to peer connection. And boy, they really came out strong. So just somebody to watch out for as we move forward. I, I think that's a great, like, hey, keep your eye on this kid pick. Um, I mean, dude, the, the kids made it. And I mean, like, I could just see him. Like you said, it's just, man, he can keep on doing it and keep on playing the way he's playing. Man, yes, keep an eye out on thing. this kid, man. Absolutely. But now I'm going to switch on to someone else here. I'm going to talk about you a little bit because oh obviously, <laughs> I mean, with this podcast, you're the, you're the, like, the experience of all these tournaments because you are actually participating in these. For those of you who don't know, Safir, you lost in the semifinals, I believe. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you lost, and that was the a series X, a series X bracket, correct? That's correct. Yeah, yes. so you lost there. So I want to touch upon your experience and the pros and cons of how like you felt this qualifier was. What did you think was great? What did you think like? Okay, can you please not do this again next year? And then just kind of talking about like overall, like from a competitive player, how you felt about the whole tournament. Yeah, no, great, great questions there, Rahel, and and now to give you a rundown of my run, it started out pretty bad actually. Um, I knew that to make it, you needed at least 21 wins with high amount of points, which is difficult in of itself. I started my run seven and two, and then I was like, oh boy, haven't even played 10 games yet. I already have two losses. But then I went on a heater, went 15 and one to close out my run. So I did actually end up getting the fifth seed. Um, had a couple of really sweaty competitive matches, the first and second round. And then 
played Boyley, as you mentioned, in game three, lost seven to five. So it was so close. Um, yeah. I was disappointed in the loss, but at the same time, I was pretty surprised at how well I did because yeah. I don't know, my mental approach is not really that competitive this year. So it was nice. But in terms of um, pros and cons, uh, well, pro is obviously just the fact that, you know, brings out your competitive side. But the one area that I found to be a little bit frustrating was the search times. You know, yeah, a lot. I think I think that wasn't just you. I think a lot of people were talking about how long it took to find these games and stuff. Yeah, man. So I think I had like three to four games left for Sunday. And I think I searched about three hours just to get those <sighs> games done. And it shouldn't really take more than an hour, hour and a half max. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think it's a population issue. I think it's the uh, the range of skill points from you mm. and the opponent of which you can uh, match. So I'm hoping yeah. to expand that. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tricky too because, like, again, you you understand why the skill point thing is there because you don't want someone who's, like, 3-0 to face someone who's 18-0, yeah. right? Because then that's, that, that, that's a bit of a gap. But at the same time, like, you can't be sitting there for four hours waiting for someone to come along and stuff. And I know it's funny you mentioned that because I know with other games like FIFA – there's like a um what they do i believe don't quote me on this but i think every five games if you play uh fought champs which is the equivalent of hot champs you get a ranking and it's just based off those five games and then though your next five games are based off that ranking so if you go four and one you're gonna be going up a lot of people who are in that similar four and one or maybe three and two but had that higher skill point in those three and two and then you know if you go oh and five then it'll switch up a little bit so Again, something like that could be a solution, I think. But again, you you got to tweak it, especially in these kind of tournaments, because there's so much on the line in these kind of things. And you can't have people waiting for three hours for four games, but you also can't have like me going against you. Like, no, yeah. like maybe if I went like 15 and 0, sure. But like, I'd be like 0 and 7, and then it'd be like, hey, here's Sophia, good luck. <laughs> that's that's actually so, um, such a good strategy there, you yeah. know, like. Take it in five-game blocks. You know, if you're 4-0, then you're going to get another guy who is 4-0 in that five-game mm. block. That actually could actually resor- uh, resolve a lot of these issues, you know, because for some players, they just had, like, insanely competitive game after game, and then other people had a bit of easier runs, but nonetheless still had those long search times. So that could actually balance things out a little bit. But I think it'd be interesting, and, like, the, I, I know the one concern people would be like, is like, oh, well, people are going to throw games to get easier matchups. But the thing is, you can't throw games in these kind of tournaments. No, yeah, if you yeah, need at yeah. least 21 wins, you can't go, like, oh, I'm going to go three and two so I get an easier five <laughs> games. Like, you... One, you only have two less games. You have two less games to lose now. Two, there might be someone else who does the same thing, and then you're running into someone just as good. So it kind of balances it out a little bit. Yeah, man. And and you know what? It's actually 21 wins with high points. If I had to put a percentage on it, I think about 60% of players with 21 wins didn't make it. But obviously, the other ones, it, it is very competitive. So... Yeah, honestly, something to think about. And that way you're also, you kind of have an idea as to how many biggies you're going to have as opposed to, you know, saying it's unfair that somebody had more or less than you, but yeah, brings out that balance. Yeah, I know one thing along with this tournament that was a bit of an issue, I believe, is I think Polgs mentioned something about um, Tampa and there was something being involved with uh, like a Tampa yeah. series that was going on. You want to touch upon that a little bit? Because I saw it and I was like, there's there's no way they messed this up yeah no exactly um unfortunately what happened is that the tampa bay tournament was running during the same t- i mean there was uh, an hour apart from the start time but tampa bay r- was running at the same time as 
the bracket stage of the all-star qualifying t- tournament. So uh, what ended up happening is myself and pretty much 95% of the players, there's a couple who actually managed to play both, but <laughs> for the majority of us, we could not play in the Tampa Bay tournament. And obviously if it's a, if it's an esports tournament, I mean, I get the whole idea of like having as many tournaments as possible, but yeah. if it's the same day, even separating them like three hours at least gives, you know, everybody a chance to play that tournament as well. And, I would like to think that in these tournaments, you want to have the best players competing. Um, and it's not to say it's going to be the same names all the time. I mean, we talk about Blue and we talk about Prestera, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, just like so hopefully something that they work on and fix. But uh, yeah. It's it's interesting because like I know when it comes to things like, like there's going to be a random example, like the PGA Golf Tournament. Like not everyone plays in every tournament, which is fair. But at the same time, like, there's a gap in between every tournament. Like there's enough time for players to like reset too. And that's another thing that like is going to be difficult. Like imagine playing in Tampa and like, you know, they're, they're tough games. You're sweating it out a little bit and then you get an hour to breathe and then you have to play more sweaty games as well. Like, I don't know Hard. if the, maybe, you know, they need to coordinate this a little better and have, you know, maybe a two, three hour gap, kind of like you said. And we'll, we'll touch about it a little later because there's, I've had issues with some timings on some other things, <laughs> which we'll get into. Not not these tournaments. I'm not good enough for the tournaments, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. But I think we should finally touch upon, before we move to anything else, the stadium series of here. Um, yes. Obviously, we have some showdowns and stuff going on. I'll let you talk about that. But then also there's issues with this or there were issues with the stadium series too, man. Let's talk about it. Honestly, well, with the stadium series, um, yeah, so it's the same sort of format with the ASG. It's actually currently happening right now, not to boost my ego, but I am 14 and one. So a better start for me uh, this week. Actually, and you know what? Just one more comment about Tampa Bay. Um, the way that it's being handled this week is actually perfect because we're uh, at the stage of the stadium series where the qualifiers are still going on. So you can play whenever. Yeah. And the second qualifying bracket stage of the Tampa Bay tournament is also taking place today. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of pick and choose when you want to play your stadium series games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the one issue that we ran into with this week is... The top 16 players who qualify for the All-Star qualifiers, they got their collectible for Stadium Series. And as you know, you can play in this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even for some players outside of top 16, what ended up happening is that the game, you had a pop-up on your game screen saying that you are not eligible to compete in the Stadium Series. And it caused immense panic, Rahil, for myself I, included. <laughs> just, just imagine being, okay, like everyone who's listening or watching right now imagine being a professional nhl player you get your collectible for like okay i'm going into this tournament now i I did good in the all-star game but now i'm going to make a run in stadium series and i'm going to push myself and then the game's like oh no you can't do that i like i I don't understand how that happens if you're how do you like like, what do you has anyone even said what happened no, honestly, I, I, I'm assuming there was a coding issue of some sort. Maybe they brought in yeah. something from last year's GLBC tournament that kind of messed up whatever they were intending to do, mm-hmm. which is to let players play. Um, unfortunately, everybody found out pretty late because um, the qualifiers <laughs> started at midnight. And, you know, yeah. all all the teenagers are ready with their controllers. You know, they got their G Fuel on the side and then the clock gets 12 and it says you're not eligible to play. <laughs> 
I, bro, I'm so glad I'm not a competitive player because I would have lost my mind if that happened. That's like your parents telling you it's it's not time for video games. Go to bed. <laughs> Literally, like, mom, this is a tournament. Like, it would fine. I don't care. Go to bed. Like, you're not allowed to do anything. That is, oh my gosh, man. I believe it's been resolved now, so we're I, I, we're all good there. But I mean, EA, just just please make sure that doesn't happen again for the sake of all those guys who are competing. Don't give anyone else any more heart attacks, please. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Oh, Very man. well said. Um, and I think, uh, Rahel, this is a perfect time to now transition into some of your uh, experiences playing uh, in a Sixers tournament, what we call um, the LG NHL, CHL, AHL, those kind of leagues. And yeah. um, I have some experience there too. And uh, you know, give me a rundown. How I think this was your first time playing in a few years. And mm -hmm. how did everything go? How did you do in the season? I think you did pretty well, and your team did we, pretty well. We, we did really good. Um, first off, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, I'll get a bit more into it, but I really do think that there is an opportunity for everyone um, to just kind of play, which is awesome. I think. Um, yeah, I was on the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, shout out to my owner Murph. Uh, he. Uh, I played uh, I played some pickup games because I was like no one's gonna know who I am really, and one of the guys is in the AHL. He's like I'll tell my buddy to like throw a bid on you, so he threw a bid on me. Um, I think I went like seventeen four and one in the regular season. Um, we made the playoffs uh, as the fifth seed in the OHL. We went on a crazy run. Um, we ended up losing in I believe it was six in the Memorial Cup Finals uh, to Shakutani. Uh, shout out to them. They they were a super good team. I think. They were undefeated going into the series with us, and we handed them their first two losses. Um, oh. And we had only lost like three or four games all playoffs too. So it was a really tough matchup. Um, the line I was on personally, especially when it comes to the playoffs, um, depends on your owner. But our owner really liked to have like, okay, you five play, you five play. We had lines basically. Um, our line went seven and one in the playoffs. Like we absolutely shredded it. Um all the, our forwards were hey, amazing. Um, Juju, Kurt, and Dangs are awesome up front. Spooky was my D partner, and we had uh, we had a French guy by the name of Bassinet. Um, his in-game name is Tipoulet, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun um, overall. Like I, I I'm gonna play again next year just because it was a great learning experience for me to get back into competitive. And funny enough, my owner was like, I think like halfway through the season, he's like, Can you resign? And I'm like, why? And he's like, dude, if you went to bidding, you'd be so how bidding works in LG is like you start at minimum bid, which is 750k for against the salary cap, and then it goes up by 250,000 every time someone bids. He's like, you're gonna go for three mil. He's like, I want you. And my cat's gonna make an appearance. He's like, you're gonna go for three mil. I want you to stay at 750 because like it's a steal for us. Um, and then obviously we went on the insane playoff run. So I, I told him like, you know what? If you can get majority of my line back, I'll resign because you know, playing with the same guys and stuff. The one thing I was happy with that with at least my team was there was opportunity for TCs to step up. Um, yeah. Now, if you don't know what TCs is, for those of you who are listening, basically it's like if you don't get bidded on in the CHL, which is like the lower of the three uh, leagues, you get automatically assigned to a team and you're like on their training camp roster. We had situations where we had to have emergency call-ups and guys came up and they played great. And our guy was like, hey, like, our owner's like, I know about you now. Like, you know, you're good and stuff. We had one, I think it was game two of the finals in the Mem Cup. Our goalie was getting apparently booted. Like someone was DDoSing him or something. We had to get an ECU goalie, Saphir, and we ECU. won like 4-3. Wow. And everyone was like, dude, you are the best. Like, like, thank you. You're a great goalie. And now that goalie's put himself on the map as like, I was TC, but I just won game two of the Mem Cup finals. Like, 
Now people are going to know that. People are going to probably bid on him. And there's an opportunity there for that kind of stuff. I, dude, I loved it, man. I had so much fun. It was a great group, man. Uh, I, I have very fond memories too uh, of LGN. You know, I mean, shout out to Brody, Tris, and everybody who volunteers yep. their time to help run the league, including the, the managers and the owners. Um, it is such a well established and structured league. And it really gives you that uh, sort of real life sort of feel to it. I mean, I always joke a lot about the the your salary and stuff like that. And some people go like, "Oh yeah, uh, I'm signed on a seven million deal as if it's real money." <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to Murph, my owner. I'm like, "Bro, I'm at seven fifty. I need a pay raise. Bump me to a mil at least, so I can brag a little bit." You know, it I... doesn't even matter. It's just for salary cap. But I'm like, I want to be at least a million. Come on, bro. You know, it's so funny because. These salaries go up against the salary cap as is in real life. And uh, like you said, yeah, players get a little bit of an ego and they get happy oh, yeah. when it gets out on, on such a high salary, but it hurts your team. You know, you don't have a lot of room to work with, but uh, no, that's, that's exactly. Uh, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I was like, you know what? I'll resign for, a, if you think I'm going to go for three mil, I'll resign for a mil because we like our team went to the finals. Like we have a good team. We yeah. have a good score. And now he has 2 million extra to go bid on another defenseman, another goalie or whatever else he may need to kind of help push the team a little bit further. Because like, man, no sleeves. He was, he was making so much fun of me. I was talking about like, yeah, I'm in the Mem cup finals. He's like, yeah, I played one year and I won it and I retired. So you better win it. <laughs> and then I don't win it. And he's just like roasting me in his stream. He's just like, I went in there and like said something about his PC. And he's like, talk to me when you win a Mem cup. And I'm like, dude, like, shut up. Like, you hurt my feelings, man. What the hell? Dude, but that... I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, sorry. You can, you can finish your thought. I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm determined, like, I, I'm going to take a step up next year. Like, I want I want to win that Mem Cup now. I got that, like, loser's, like, taste in my blood. Sorry about my cat in the background. I got <laughs> oh. that, like, I feel like I just lost the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm like, man, I need to go I need to go back to back, man. I need to win it this time. Dude, I have two, two comments. It's so funny. So, um... Uh, no sleeves was uh on my LG team with the Toronto Maple Leafs. No was, way, was he actually? <laughs> yeah, he was our right defenseman. I was left defenseman. We were actually a D pair. Um, oh, it's so funny because uh, I was also AGM at that time. Actually, no, um, I became AGM the season after. But yeah. what happened is that so we would play it, and sleeves would uh, call out a lot of the plays. Um, but then uh. Our time was lasted so short because two weeks later he was traded to the worst team in the league. Oh. I think it was Calgary at the time. So it was just a, I don't know. I thought it was like a hilarious experience all around. But it was a privilege, I will say, having no sleeves on my team. Um, it was great viewership for us every time people go live yeah. on Twitch. And, you know, people would be there. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, and then another. Um, this is a hilarious experience. But obviously, to make it to the NHL, you actually have to go through the CHL season yep. like you have to play at least one season there um and i was picked up by the flint firebirds and um i was actually a tc and mm. yeah i played left wing i was a tc i told my owner i was like do you know who i am Shafir <laughs> <laughs> with the ego check do you know who i am do you know, like, do you know who i am i'm like why am i tc do you know who i am he's like no who are you i'm like i'm Safir snipes cold he's like okay i'm like okay <laughs> That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Like, I mentioned in the Discord, I'm like, yeah, guys, I have a podcast with the Hockey News about esports. They're like, okay. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? It's okay, though. So I was a TC that season. I, yeah. I ended up getting drafted third by the Leafs. So it all worked out in the end. You know, I salvaged my ego, but that was humbling, though. Yeah, I, I can totally get that. I had a bit of a humbling experience, too, I'll talk about. Um, yeah, so I can't get drafted. 
because I played LG I before. About that. And because I played LG before, I got drafted before, and then I retired, and now I've came back. So I have a status on my a status or something, so I can't get drafted. So the only way I can go up is through bidding, which okay. is a possibility. But then, like, I thought of how good our CHL team was, and I was like, you know what, like that was my first season. I'm going to stick around a little bit more, you know, get a little bit better at the game. And then maybe I'll make the jump up and stuff. But it's funny. You, you got the, you got the no sleeves flex. I got the Gren flex. Oh, dear. I think, I think season 28, I played with Gren on, I think it was the Peterborough Pete's actually funny enough. So I, I, I don't know hundred percent for sure, but I know like Gren and I talked about it and we're like, we, we do believe at some point we played together. We don't know when, but at some point we did, but, it was so much fun playing in LG. For those of you guys who haven't tried it out, I'd recommend at minimum sign up for the website at elitegaming.com. You can sign up. You don't even have to register or anything. Um, in the shout box, there's people always looking for games. And you can just hop in there and you can just say, hey, I'm a right D available. And like, you know, people message you, say, hey, we want to play. Just pick up games and stuff like that. That's how I got um, someone to actually say, hey, I'm going to tell some CHL guys to bid on you. And that's how I ended up, you know, playing – I would flex a little bit here. That's I was second in uh, defensive scoring in the playoffs. Wow! So, look at, let's go. That's why. That's why Murph was like, "I'm so glad I got told to bid on you because you're 750k. And you're like second in defensive scoring." So I, I definitely recommend it. if you play ESHL, give it a try. The one problem I have with it, and this was this was a bit of a unanimous problem for everyone in this position. So how LG works is it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for the regular season. It's four games a day now, and you have to be available, I think, for at least eight of them or ten of them, and then you play four a week. So how my owner was was like, all right, you're always playing. Like Sunday, you're playing all four games, or like you know Monday, you're playing all four games. But I play one day a week, which was great. You get into the playoffs. Um, Sunday, Monday was game one, two. Or Sunday was game one, two. Monday was game three, four. Tuesday was five, six, seven, which I, I think is totally fine. It's okay. Yeah. It works out. When we advanced to the Mem Cup, um, like how the Mem Cup worked was basically we advanced from the OHL. There was a team from the WHL and a team from the Q. Now, because there's crossplay, how it worked is the lower of the two seeds played each other in a best of five. The winner of that moved on to play the top seed in a best of seven. The winner of that is going to play the PlayStation side. So Shakutami is now going to be playing the PlayStation side. So for the lower one, we played in the lower one. We played Sunday, Monday was game one, two, or Sunday was game one, two. Monday was game three, four, five. Mm. And then Tuesday was the finals game one, two. Wednesday was the finals game three, four. Thursday was the finals game five, six, seven, which I understand maybe to work out the scheduling and everything, they need to split that up because it was exhausting. We, 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 thankfully we swept the, uh, the, the other series, but then yeah. we got to the finals and like, I played Monday game three and we won. And now I'm like, okay, well we have to play Tuesday or Wednesday now. Like great. Like my whole week was LG and I, I, you know, I think that's a little bit too much. It was in reality, it was only three games, but you have to be available and ready. And like, there has to be all this structure because it's like, all right, we won the series. Uh, we're playing one, we're playing games one and two, but I need to see how games one and two go to see if I'm playing in three and four or just three or just four. So what ended up happening is we split the series, uh, the first two games. So our owner was like, you're playing three and four because you're our top line. So now I had to prepare to play all of Tuesday instead of just like playing my one day a week or just my one little set spot. And I think LG, you need to spread that out a little, a little bit. And I know that may push out bidding a week or something like that. But the CHL finals is the last of the finals anyways. Yeah. 
So you can have a little bit of a break, I think, and I, maybe there's ways around it. But our and it wasn't just that Shakunami was frustrated because they're like, man, we have to play this entire week. Like, it's a headache, man. No, oh, it is. And like, I'm pretty sure you all have your other life obligations as well. And to have your entire week booked off for uh, sixes is definitely difficult. Um, and yeah. if I'm being quite honest with you, I, I think that is one of the bigger issues when it comes to the structure of LG and yeah. uh, sort of availability. Because, yeah, to your point, I mean, it's not that one specific night that you get on and play. I mean, when I was AGM with the Leafs, I was able to pick and choose. Like, I would give myself three games on Sunday, and that would be, yeah. it, you know, call it. Um, and then, but then I, I played three seasons in total, but then I had other seasons where I would play like one on Sunday, one on Monday, and then maybe one on Tuesday. And that got really frustrating, especially when yeah. you're, like I said, busy with like school or work. Or and you have you, like, all of us have lives and stuff. And it is a bit of a commitment, I think. And that that's where yes. people have a problem. And I don't know where the solution is because like, you you know, if you get a good owner like mine, like mine would just be like, you're playing one day, all four games. So I knew like, okay, from like eight to like 11 or 1030, I was, that was my thing. And then the rest of the week I can do whatever. But when it comes to the playoffs, again, playoffs are a little bit more trickier. And I think that's okay because you know, you're in the playoffs and you're like, I kind of have to see how these games go to know, like whether they're going to put in the lower lines or the top lines and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense, but I do think, you know, commitment and stuff like that is hard. And I think, if LG makes certain aspects of it easier, and I'm not saying like, you know, reduce the games or whatever, but like if that finals part was different, like if it was spread out over a week, yeah, I would have no issues with my season. That's the only issue I had with my season. I didn't mind like saying like, okay, my entire Tuesday is booked off. I had an issue with like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I had to be prepared to play yeah. depending on what the previous night was. That was a little bit of a frustration, but um, yeah. I'm pretty happy with how it went so far. Yeah, no, you did. You did amazing, and honestly, Caps Gaming and LGT. If you guys are paying attention, what hell is your next guy? Just say. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm not gonna lie. I've run into a few moments where, like, part, like again, I'm sitting there and I'm like, hmm, maybe I could, maybe I could make a, uh, maybe I could make an esports team. But then I guarantee you, the second I play, like, I'm gonna get absolutely like smacked, like just absolutely manangled. I'm. It's funny. I, I led. I was second in playoff scoring, but I'm always the type of defender. I play right D. I was always the type of the guy that the second the opponent gets the puck in their end, I'm always like, it was like we had our three forwards. Our other D man was here. I was down here. Like I was always last man back, <laughs> but I still was getting assists. So I don't know. Maybe I'm like this like hidden defensive defenseman, like pass playmaker or something. I don't know, man. But uh, hey, yeah, man, I, I'm I, open I, for tryouts. <laughs> Yeah, I think you have some hidden talent there that you're also currently on this journey of exploring and seeing really where you can go with this, but you never know. Oh, man, I'd be – oh, man, my girlfriend's going to kill me if I get it on a professional <laughs> esports team. <laughs> She's like, now you're playing in every goddamn tournament. What the hell? I was already fed up with LG. Well, you know, Rahel, I, I'm curious, actually. Um, are you going to play LG, AHL, or NHL? Like, is that something you're thinking about? So – At all? It's, it's funny, I especially with my owner talking about re-signing, I was considering it a lot because, like, I do think, like, with my stats, and, like, we'll go look at my stats for a bit while I talk here, but I yeah. did have a very strong feeling that I could get an AHL bid just based off of the season I had, but I think because I'm, like, it's my first season, I don't want to, like, make that jump too quickly, if you know what I mean, right. because right. I can't get drafted. So if we look here, I was 17-4-3 with 28 points and 20... 
five games, 26 games, which is pretty good for a defenseman. That's very and good. then seven and one in the playoffs with uh, 12 points in, I think, eight games, which is really good. But the thing I was worried about was a couple things. One, you know, you jump to the age on the AHL is a different level. It's a lot more tougher. Um, when I played my pickup games, yeah, I did nothing like <laughs> I was great defensively. I did nothing offensively because everyone else was so damn good. But oh, that was enough to get me like considered for the CHL. And people were like, yo, you're actually pretty good. I'll tell my CHL buddies to look at you and stuff. But I think there is a skill gap. And I was just, I was being very careful with how I approached it. And part of me was just like, you have a really good CHL team here. Like my owner wants me to resign. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up getting, I think, two of our wingers and the goalie for sure on my line is back. I think the center will be back. I think the only piece we're going to miss is my D partner who shout out spooky. He's going to go in the AHL. Um, nice. Dude's an absolute B we were. Uh, so, so he got traded to our team mid season. Me and him were undefeated together in the regular season and the playoffs, except for that one game. Wow. Literally like it was insane. Like we just kept winning. We're just like, man, like we're, we're pretty good together, but based off the fact that he was able to resign some of these other guys and like my team was able to make it to the finals. I, that kind of convinced me to stay one more year in the CHL and just kind of like, get better create you know yeah. art my defensive game a little more you know get better at it and then from there i think i'm gonna make that push and like you know maybe try and bump the ahl i mean nhl man like i don't know i don't think i'm good enough i'm gonna be honest like i don't know maybe i am maybe i'm being too like hard on myself but it's i watch some of these guys like play and i'm just like man like your defenseman is playing like our winger and i can't <laughs> even play like that like i'm i'm too rough but i'd consider it i think Safir. Yeah, you know, I I really like your approach. It's kind of like a scaffolding approach. You know, yeah. you start in the CHL, you might want to stay there for an extra season, continue to develop your skills, really see how well you can do in that tier. I mean, you played it in one season, and then yeah. kind of you know scaffolding that. So I think it's a really smart approach, and you know, you're in development. We'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe three months from now, I'll be in the NHL. I'll be playing with some of the biggies and stuff. I I doubt it. I, I will see though. I mean, who knows? I, I will say though, you are saving yourself from some weird, embarrassing moments, dude. The amount of times playing as left defenseman in the NHL and getting coned by these highly skilled mechanically players, you know, yeah. LT spinning all around me, and uh, it's. It's embarrassing at times. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just I, there I'm, I'm to my be, camera. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to flex. But like, I think if I can craft my game better, I could be a shutdown defenseman in the NHL. Like, if, if I was able to reach the level needed to be in the NHL, like the way I play, like I'm just looking here, like in uh, 24 games in the regular season, I had 83 takeaways as a defenseman. That's really good. Like I, I, and, and that's why a lot of the, like, like my owner was talking about, he's like, you're just really good at like, just knowing when to poke, when to like not poke and just kind of like, I love letting the guy just like skate in and like give him space. But like, I close the gap between me and the goalie just to kind of like, he has room, but he can't do anything. Cause I'm still in the way. I don't chase. I don't poke check and get these tripping penalties. So, I mean, now I'm, now I'm getting cocky. <laughs> See what you made me do now. I'm starting to let you go myself. So. We're not only pu putting the esports organizations on notice, we're also putting EA on notice because now they just have to give you a hot card with shutdown as your X Factor ability. I need shutdown, quick pick, and like I know this is the worst <laughs> synergy ever or the worst uh, X Factor ever. I need tape to tape, man, or sender or something because <laughs> I literally, dude, all my points are assists. I just pass the puck up and my boys are great. And I'm just like, okay. oh, man. It's really fun, though. Um, I'm, I'm loving LG. And for those of you guys who would uh, are interested, I definitely recommend trying it out. Yeah, no, totally. And, 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking interested now too. I might reconsider joining. Maybe like a summer league once I'm done school, you know. But we'll see. If I'm still in the CHL. Let's get you on a. What do you play? Do you play righty? Lefty. Bro, bro, we, we're, we having, could we're having an NHL D pair. I'm gonna get Murph to get you on a min bid, bro. You and I are gonna destroy it, man. I already call it a here. Oh, I guess only time will tell, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Rahil, I think, uh, you know, this has been a great episode being back here, um, talking with you about the World Championships and a little bit about LG, you know, lots of things to look forward to. We, I know we have a lot of content ideas coming up too. So um, to the viewers, thank you for watching. And uh, yeah, with that, on behalf of Rahil, myself and uh, the Hockey News, we'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Thank you for watching.